Morning, church. Some of my favorite stories are about the hero's journey. You guys ever heard that term before, the hero's journey? Well, you've probably read or watched dozens of these stories, and maybe you didn't know that's what they were. In broad strokes, these are stories where a relative nobody gets sent willingly or unwillingly on a path to overcome a great evil power, and they usually return home triumphant. So uh, I was trying to list some of these last when I, when I was working on the sermon. Um, the Princess Bride, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, The Karate Kid, Aladdin, The list is seemingly endless. These sort of stories strike a chord with me. And I I mean, I I love fantastical worlds that many of them present, like, um, you know, far reaches of space or New Jersey, in the case of The Karate Kid. I love the adventure that unfolds, but, but those aren't the things that really really click deep down. What, what makes them impact me more deeply than just, you know, an hour and a half to nine hours of, of fun entertainment is, is, is how the characters change. Hero's journey isn't, isn't just about the hero winning. It's the story of the transformation of a person. It's, it's about growing sacrificing, failing, and enduring. It's a story of becoming. And that takes time and testing. Now, those stories not only stand the test of time, but they span cultures. I mean, it's a narrative that we just get. Um, almost every mythology around the world has these stories in them. And that's because there's something deeply true and also something noble and hopeful about these stories. I think it's easy to overlook, but the call of Jesus to his disciples is a call into something very much like the hero's journey. It's a call to transformation, to growth and change, and and to finding a new strength to face the darkness It's a call that ultimately ends in a homecoming. And everyone who arrives there has been changed by the journey. You know, we probably have a pretty firm picture of who Peter is, if you read scripture at all. Because later on in the Gospels and even in the book of Acts, he's just, he's a powerhouse, you know, he's boisterous and and vocal. I don't think we usually spend much time thinking about how the journey has changed him. I just kind of think we assume that's just who he was. I guess when when I've read the account of Jesus calling Peter and Andrew in the past, I sort of glossed over that bit. So let's read it carefully together. 
Jesus said to Simon Peter, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Now in the past, I guess I just assumed that a switch flipped in that moment. And it, you know, it just happened in an instant. Fishermen, fishers of men. But that's, that's not exactly what Jesus said. The call is to follow me. That's in the present. Follow me right now. And then the promise, and I will make you fishers of men, that's in the future. Or, you know, what I, what I really think is being said here is follow me. And along the way, you will become fishers of men. I think for many of us, we'd like to imagine that transformation happens instantly. But the truth is much messier than that. Peter was a real person, you know. And, and he was at times bold and courageous, and at other times, cowardly. Sometimes he was exceptionally insightful. Who do you say I am? You are Christ, the Son of God. And then other times he was as dense as a brick. And if you ask which of these is the real Simon Peter, the answer is all of them. Maybe you can relate to that in your own life. At times, maybe you're rock solid. And at other times, you're falling apart. Sometimes you're faithful and courageous, and other times you're fearful and uncertain. You know the difference between weather and climate, right? You can't always tell the climate, the climate by the weather, you know? If you pull the lens back on your life a little bit, and, and instead of just looking in the moment, trying to get some perspective on your life, you'll see that even though maybe you're all over the map, you are, you are tending towards something. Over time, you are changing. The challenges you faced have brought new things out of you. The failures you've experienced, they've strengthened you or, or crippled you. When taken as a whole, you are transforming into something else. And that's the way it has to be. That's, that's the way people are. What's remarkable here is that Jesus had the kindness to tell Peter and Andrew what they would become. You will become fishers of men. But that depended upon something, didn't it? If they follow Jesus. I can't speak too much to the what-ifs of life with any certainty, but I can tell you this much. If Peter and, Je and Peter and Andrew didn't follow Jesus, they would probably have gone on as fishermen the rest of their lives. Without obedience to the call, they would never have become fishers of men. And that's what Jesus wanted them to be. It's funny, you know, that on this day in our reading, following seems to come so naturally to Peter. I mean, it's, it's commendable from our perspective, right? He just drops his nets. No negotiating the terms, 
No clarifying. Jesus says, follow me. Peter doesn't say, follow you where? Nothing. He just, Jesus says, follow. And he follows. Keep reading through scriptures. And as he gets more comfortable, as he gets more bold, you'll catch Peter contradicting Jesus later on. Oh, I'd never do that thing you just said I'd do. Or, no, Jesus, I can't let you do that. Or, you know what, let's do this instead. The call to Peter wasn't to be a co-pilot or a consultant. The call was to follow. And that can, that can be hard on the ego. But when you make peace with it, boy, it's, it's actually a pretty great place to be. See, Jesus knows where he is going. How many of us can say that with sincerity? I may have some thoughts about where I'd like to go. I may have some thoughts about how to get there. But the truth is, I have no idea what tomorrow holds. I don't know if my plans will come to fruition or fail miserably. I don't know that. But Jesus does. He sees the road from where it began to the very end. And it's more than just knowing about success or failure. I mean, if I go my own way, I'll transform into whatever that road makes of me. Whatever that road requires of me, I will grow that way. But on the other hand, if I follow Jesus, I'll be transformed into who he wants me to become. For Peter, that was a transformation into a fisher of men. That's an interesting phrase, and I think we like to gloss over it a little bit because, you know, it's so... It seems like an easy sell for Jesus, you know, because Peter was a fisherman, and so he's trying to connect to Peter on on some level that Peter can understand. But Jesus never speaks idly. You know, Jesus chooses his words carefully. And so when he tells Peter, that he's going to make him a fisher of men, I, I, think he, I think that's more than just a slogan. I think he's trying to give a picture of what life in the kingdom is really like. He didn't say, I'm going to make you a hunter of men. That would sound a bit more disturbing, I guess. But also, hunters, hunters have a very different strategy. You know, A hunter is laser-focused on, I mean, today that's actually literally true in some cases, laser focused on finding and catching a very specific quarry. A hunter has in mind a very narrow idea of what he's looking for, and he pursues that to the exclusion of everything else. But a fisherman, especially the kind of fisherman that that Peter was, he's not at all like that. What does he do? He's got a net, and he casts it into the water, What kind of fish is it going to catch? I mean, whatever swims into the net, he just tosses it out there, hopefully, in faith, and brings it in. And all kinds of stuff comes in. Some of it's good fish. Some of it's garbage, right? 
That's not his responsibility. As a fisherman, his goal is to just put the net out there as widely as he can manage and then trust the net to do the work of catching. What is the net for a fisher of men? Yeah, Ray's got it. It's not your personality. It's not your skill set. The net is the gospel. You got to put the gospel out there. It's in the beginning of the reading. Jesus shows up and he says, repent and believe the message of the gospel. You want to put it out there as widely as you can and sort of indiscriminately too. Whatever the gospel catches, that's what gets brought in. I'll tell you something else about fishing. I'm not an expert in these things, but I know a little bit. And I'll tell you this. Fishing requires patience and perseverance. You don't just throw your net out there once and call it a day. I mean, that'd be an easy job if that's what Peter did, right? But it wasn't. Peter was out there in the hot sun, smelly, you know, sweating. That's how Jesus called him, by the way, sweaty, smelling like fish and sea and, you know. You start early, toss it out there, bring it in, toss it out again, bring it in. And you do it until the full catch has been had or until you run out of daylight over and over and over again. And, you know, I I think that, too, helps us understand what it means to be a fisher of men. You can't just float it out there one time and say, that's it. Patience, persistence, trust that the net's going to do its job. There was one more bit that I want to talk to you about this story, a bit that, that Peter didn't know, but that we do. See, when Jesus tells Peter to follow me, Peter doesn't know where Jesus is going, but Jesus does. It's going to take him a couple years to get there, but do you know where he's going? Right up to the cross. Incidentally, you know that's where Peter ended up too, right? But the story of Jesus doesn't end at the cross, does it? They took him and they buried him in the grave. He came right back up out of it. Alive and full in the flesh. And he ascended to glory on high. That's where Peter's headed too, you know, in the resurrection. And that call that Jesus gave to Peter and Andrew that day, that's not just a call to them too. I hope you know that's a call to you too, to follow him. And there's going to be some twists and turns along the way. Jesus is going to take you on the path he wants you to go, but that path is going to lead you right to the grave eventually. But that's not the end of the story for you either. Because Jesus' invitation to follow him leads down into the grave and then back up again and into the eternal glories of heaven. I don't know if Peter could have handled knowing all that at the beginning. I don't know if he would have dropped his nets the way that he did. But we do. Praise Jesus that that invitation to follow him is for us too. We can't see the road all the way from here to there, but we do know how it ends because he showed us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your call to follow Christ.
you know, it's tempting sometimes for us to take the lead. It's tempting sometimes for us to go our own way or even to just panic because we don't know where he's going. Lord, we ask that you give us patience and trust to follow him each step of the way. And as, as we make this journey with him, behind him, we welcome the change that you'll bring about inside of us, moving us from just mundane people to eternal people who have a purpose that extends far beyond ourselves. I pray, Lord, for all the folks in this congregation that you'll help us to become fishers of men as well, people who cast the net of your gospel out over and over again as broadly and widely as we can together as a church but even individually in our own private lives trusting your net to do the work lord keep us faithful and keep us hopeful as we follow jesus through this life into the world to come all these things we pray in the powerful name of jesus amen